Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines. Coming at you on Friday, April 1st, 2022. Happy April Fool's Day. Our prank to you is we're doing the March Movie Madness finale. Gotcha. In the month of April. Fucking gotcha. So, third year, third annual March Movie Madness. This year, we went on a, on a trek, on a journey to find out the best movie year of the last four decades since 1990. Today is the final episode. We have our four finalist years. 1994? I'm not looking at the sheet. Am I right? Yeah. 1996? Or is it 94? 1994, 2004, 2012, and 2018. Correct. The four greatest movie years of the last four decades. We're going to rank and review three movies from each year. And whichever year has the best overall consensus score will be crowned the best movie year of the last four decades. And we'll get some new movies atop of our our movie ranking uh, list. Yeah. I I don't think anything gets below an 80. Mm-mm. I haven't finished ranking them all, admittedly, but I don't think you get below an 80. Um, spoiler alert, I have a movie below 80. Wow. That year mm-hmm. comes in fourth. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. That's tough for that year. It's gonna... we, we tried to choose three good movies here. Yeah, yeah. No, we did. Um, we chose the best box office movie, the Academy Award winner. So those were two... We, got we the, didn't even make the decision. We got the, the money for us. We got the people, and then we tried picking something that was culturally relevant, uh, something we would call a cult classic, which we apparently were getting wrong last time. Something that was culturally relevant for whatever reasons. We could talk about that when we get to those specific films. Um, it's gonna be fun. We have twelve movies to review this podcast. We're gonna try to keep ourselves to five minutes of review. I'm gonna set a timer. Rapid fire. We're going to rapid fire our scores and then talk about the movie for five minutes. That is the format. It's not the typical 10 minutes per category. Ty, let's get into the show. The time. It works every time. John Stamos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. I don't feel so good. Oh. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> Okay, Ty, this is how we're going to do it. 12 movies. We're saving the best for last. The four best picture winners are going to be the four movies we talk about last. Okay. First, 
we're going to go with the money. Everything starts with the money. We're going to review the top box office movies from each year, starting in 1994 with The Lion King, moving on to Shrek 2 in 2004, moving on to The Avengers in 2012, moving on to Avengers Infinity War, which we've already reviewed, but we can always talk, talk, talk about it. You know, We'll say what our score is. And then we're going to go to the culture. We're going to, and we're going to wrap back around. We're going to stay in 2018. We're going to go a star is born, um, culturally, you know, I think that's the culture movie because of the music and everything. If that movie came out during the TikTok era, it would have been absolutely massive. Um, and that's just the movie we picked, you know, people love it. It is what it is. It made a hit song. It did. It absolutely did. 2012. We went with, um, we had a few options. We actually went with the hunger games and I actually, there's a whole spiel about culture and I'll just say it now, I guess is. All the things that were created with the Hunger Games. Think about the Hunger Games and think about all the things that are technically a branch of the Hunger Games. Like fucking Fortnite. Like you can trace Fortnite and it's mostly gaming and Call of Duty and all this shit back to Hunger Games. Well, you trace those back to Minecraft Hunger Games, which go trace back (laughs) to the original Hunger Games. Okay, yeah. The The whole BR kind of realm, which is the biggest thing in gaming right now, stems from Fortnite. Or from uh, <laughs> Hunger Games. <laughs> it does, it does stem from wrong. Fortnite, which yeah. stems from Minecraft Hunger Games, which stems from Hunger Games. So that's why it was our culture pick. 2004, I wanted to do Anchorman. We instead went with Spider-Man 2. Some consider the greatest superhero movie of all time. Um, really set the bar. Spider-Man 1 and 2, really. But set the bar for the genre and kind of created this you know new genre that we love now today. And then 1994, culturally, we went with Pulp Fiction, yep. which is... Don't really have to explain that one, I don't think. Yeah, it's fucking Tarantino movie, Travolta. It's Pulp Fiction. Samuel Jackson, Uma Thurman. Yep. Had a reunion at the Academy Awards two weeks ago by the time this is dropping a week ago. Not even a week ago. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited, Ty. It'll be fun. Um, Also, did you already say the Academy Award winning movie? No, I didn't. And then we're going to wrap up. Sorry. We're going to wrap up. Back in 1994, Forrest Gump, a movie we've been on the record of saying is overrated. We'll we'll see if that's true. Um, 2004, Million Dollar Baby. I didn't know that was a sports movie until I watched it. Yeah, boxing. Didn't know that. 2012, Argo, film about um, domestic terrorists. We'll touch about it when we get there. Not domestic terrorists, no. not at all. It's foreign. It's 100% foreign. <laughs> foreign. Refugees? Uh, hostage crisis. Hostage crisis. <laughs> domestic terrorists. <laughs> and then 2018, 2018's Green Book will be the final movie, which was the hardest for us to watch. We had to watch it on F- the FS- FX app. Yeah, it's like the only one not streaming anywhere. Maybe not a good sign for the scale. We'll, we'll touch on that when we get there. Going all the way back to 1994, The Lion King tie. I got to pull up my scale. Um, Let's start the timer. I'll go first. You'll go first the next movie. I'll just say what I gave each category. We'll talk about it at the end. Start okay. the timer. So I gave... Plot slash story a 16. What'd you give it? 17. Okay. I gave visuals an 18. 17. Okay. I gave um, key elements an 18. 19. I gave characters a 16. 19. And I gave um, enjoyment a 15. 17. So my final score for The Lion King was an 83. I'm rocking an 89. Okay. Six points higher. That gives it a consensus of what? 85 and a half? 86? Yeah. 86. I don't know. 83 and 89 is 86. Yeah, 86. Nailed it. Okay, so The Lion King. Um, first time I ever saw this movie was in French class. It was the French Lion King, which is just the regular Lion King with French dubbed over it. So how old were you at the time of watching it for the first time? Freshman in high school. Okay, so I think that plays into this a little bit. 
Um, it is a classic. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I, I gave it points in the key elements category for that. It, it it set the bar for some of these. You know, there's there's some comparisons about it being ripping off the Hamlet story. Whatever. It, it set the bar for these animated movies. I mean, there's others before it, of course, but it was in that golden era of Disney animated films with the Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and the Little Mermaid. All those, and then the Lion King. All four back to back to back to back. Um, it's a classic, man. It, it's it's a fucking classic. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, the story has a, emotion and humor and a lot of fun music that still like lives on today. I mean, fuck, they just did a live action remake like fucking scene for scene which i've actually never seen significantly worse but <laughs> it's just really 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 good um all all throughout the story the the characters i i gave it a very high score you gave me a look for characters there um yeah you yeah again i don't i don't hate animated characters and everything when i look at this i look at simba i, I look at them. huh i don't hate them hate what you said i don't hate animated characters you just insinuated that i do you you hate giving animated characters points and characters. That's fair, yes. Yeah. Yeah, fair. I look at um Mustafa and the villain, the uncle Scar, and some Timon and Pumbaa and Nala, and I think they're all iconic animated characters in their own right. Um Lion King one and a half or two and a half is a fucking banger, and that's just two side characters. Lion King one and a half is my favorite Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> that's two uh, side characters. And that's the only Lion King I saw as a child. How weird is that? My only Lion King I saw as a child was Lion King one and a half. Well, I think maybe that was like a, I don't want to have to watch all of one. I don't want to have to watch all of two. Just give me the in-between with both. I think the real reason was they had Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on the DVD that you could play. They also had like Like bugs and shit. Yeah. And then there was the Disney rides you could like watch, but it was like Lion King eyes. So you could ride like Pirates of the Caribbean, but it was like all the Lion King characters. Okay. I think that's why. I think I just liked the games on the DVD. I was a game guy. Sure. I think it's a great story. I think it's a fantastic watch. It holds up. Um, I still think it's an incredible movie and fantastic watch. And yeah. Yeah, you're probably right about me not seeing it till I'm older hurting it because I, I agree. I, I mean, I can't disagree that it's a classic and, you know, it, it set the bar for all these things. But, you know, I, I didn't give it any bad points for, like, visual cinematography. Look, it's got iconic music, which, you know. I probably should bump it, but I'm not going to, you know, it's going to complicate things at this point in time. Um, <laughs> I just, I, when I compare it, and this might be unfair to it, but when I compare it to today's standards, I just feel like memory makes the heart grow fonder. I know that's not the saying, but that's the saying I just created. And I feel like <laughs> maybe seeing it as a kid and seeing that sad, that sad Simba scene maybe inflates it a little bit. I don't know. 83 is still a very good score. It is, but I'm, I'm upper echelon 89. It's a fantastic animated movie. I think the dance scenes and everything and, and the cinematography that goes along with animating all that kind of shit and that animation style was probably very difficult. Yeah. But there's a lot of really good visuals and colors and stuff going on. The music, again, like bop after bop after bop. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's emotion. James Earl Jones, fantastic. <laughs> How about Simone, Timon and Pumbaa being the uh, top four top three comedic sidekicks in animated films of all time if not number one i can't i can't think of others off the top of my head uh, but well i know what my 101 is it's mater but <laughs> oh okay yeah <laughs> got it <laughs> um lion king consensus score of 86 kicked starting the 1994 year moving on 10 years later to 2004 tie another animated film starting the timer right now shrek 2 mm. So I recently rewatched Shrek 1 about, I don't know, a year ago, within the last 12 months. 
Okay. Didn't rewatch Shrek 2 until for this. And look, I was very pleasantly surprised. Like, I I, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot, Ty. Um, why don't you give me your scores first? Shrek 2. Um, I'm laughing at my final score. You'll see why. Shrek 2. One and two, I rewatched just because I wanted to, because mm-hmm. they were on Netflix. And then, like a week later, we were like, "Hey, we got to do it for March Movie Madness." Now, just check that box. <laughs> um, throwing out my scores here: story, I gave it a fifteen. I gave it a thirteen. Cinematography, I gave it thirteen. Oh, really? I gave it an eighteen. Mm-hmm. Key elements: eighteen. I gave it a twenty. <laughs> Characters: fourteen. I gave it a seventeen. <laughs> Enjoyment: eighteen. I gave it a seventeen. Okay, final score for me is a 78 out of 100 after saying I'm not going to give anything below an 80. I gave it an 85. Wow. <laughs> Higher than The Lion King. Yeah. I, that's a consensus score of 81 and a half. Let me explain some things for you. Talk to, to me. Ty. Visuals and key, uh, visual cinematography. I mentioned this on the last pod we did, that I was trying to judge some of these older movies, not so much by maybe how it looked, and it that more applies to CGI and animation. Is the Shrek 2 animation fantastic? Like, no, it just doesn't hold up to today. I will say there is a big jump from Shrek 1 to Shrek 2. It's, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. And like I said to Riley, I'm sure those bubbles in Shrek 2 at the time were like them flexing. Like, look at these realistic looking bubbles we made. <laughs> You're probably right, yeah. So I don't want to hurt it so much because the animation doesn't look as good. And this is probably, this is why I gave Lion King an 18. And maybe I should have gave it one more higher because, you know, it has an all-time soundtrack. But so does Shrek 2. Shrek 2 has one of the best soundtracks in an animated movie of all time. It's got the some ending, bops. The ending is fantastic, and I need a hero. I've I've tried to convince Victoria for three years in a row to do a dance to that song just so I could listen to it at every competition. Well, not even that, but even like Funky Town when they play it, like all the songs they play at the. It just I love the soundtrack, and that's what gave it the points for me, honestly. For cinematography, yes. Story, okay, I gave so it a thirteen. Because... I, I put that in key elements because sound music was a big part of Shrek One, so I felt like okay. that had to be part of it for Shrek Two. Well, I gave Keelman's a 20. You know why I gave it a 20, Ty? Why? Because it's fucking hilarious. It's fantastic. It's, it's it's the definition of a movie everyone can love. I cried of tears in this film. Like, actually did. Which part? The most dumb throwaway line ever. But when they're having dinner in the castle and they bring out the lobster and the steak and all the fancy food. And Donkey goes, oh, Mexican food, my favorite. <laughs> like, I fucking... <laughs> I lost it, Ty. That shit was so fucking funny. <laughs> and then later when they get arrested and he's fucking yelling police brutality when he's that's, the white horse. That's very fucking funny. And they get the catnip off of Puss in Boots. Yeah. That's fucking so good. It's This made me want them to make a, like more Shrek movies. And there actually is a Puss in Boots movie coming out in like a few months. Yeah, they are making more Shrek um, movies. It's so fucking funny, man. It's no, it, so funny. It is. It's fantastic. It's hilarious. I, again, I gave enjoyment an 18. It's one of my favorite movies. Uh, breaking it down, the, the sum is greater than the parts. I don't know how that yeah. saying goes. <laughs> no, you're, you're, I could see where you're saying that. and I just gave it a little bit higher for characters because Donkey, I fucking love Donkey. Um, I just talk about comedic sidekicks. I think he might be number one. Yeah. Um, Shrek, you know, was solid and everything. I, I just, It's mostly Donkey, if I'm being honest. Story is my lowest score at 13, which holds it back because it is kind of like a it, – it's it's a fairy tale story. Like the whole movie is – it's kind of like DreamWorks kind of – not shitting on Disney a little bit, but it's like kind of using the Disney model but changing it a little bit. It's kind of like a spoof of it. Yeah, but yeah. in a good way. But still, the story itself was very kind of basic. Yeah, I, I mean I don't hate the doing this for love and changing how I look and then them using that against me to like – you know, to where Fiona doesn't know who Shrek actually is. Yeah. Him having to fight for his love. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. 
We have a 50. It, it's good. It's a. It's not a bad story. I think this has a better story than Shrek 1, where it's literally just save the damsel yeah. in distress. Now, I know Shrek 3 isn't, like, as well-received. I don't believe... At least I don't Is that believe. the Rumpelstiltskin one? He has kids. That's all I remember. I think that's Rumpelstiltskin one, yeah. And then there's a fourth one where it's, like, a flashback because they couldn't get any of the cast. Oh. Shrek the Third has a 41% on Tomatoes, so maybe not. Um, but it made me want to watch Shrek the Third. No, I think, I think 1 and 2 is the best one-two punch. I mean, it, it's hard to find a better... I think, like, Godfather 1, Godfather 2, Shrek 1, <laughs> Shrek 2. It's incredible. Oh, my God. Next up. Did we say? Did we already get the final scores for Shrek? Yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah, 81 and a half. Yeah. Consensus. 2012. Excuse me. Top box office movie, The Avengers. Start the timer. The first team-up movie Marvel ever did. The first team-up movie ever. I'll say that. In this style, yeah. Different French, like, different movies coming together to be one movie. It was groundbreaking at the time. I mean, it, I just, I remember just the, the the reception and how excited I was. And obviously, I get more and more excited for all these movies. I was just telling you I'm excited for Doctor Strange more than I was Spider-Man. And this was really kind of the start of it. Not the start. It wasn't the first movie. But if the Avengers didn't work, the MCU wouldn't have worked. Yeah. No, this is what, like, they could do individual superhero movies, and they've done that before. Like, that, yeah. that was nothing new. This was the difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm going through it plot slash story i gave it a 15 i don't think it's marvel's best work so to say in store terms of a story it's kind of like it's all right they they do the reason i gave it points though i'll tell you at the end 15 what'd you give 16 it? okay oh shit more than me um <laughs> visual cinematography i gave it a 19 17 okay key elements i gave it a 20 yeah, i gave it 20 it's fucking vendors characters i gave it a 15 18 okay Enjoyment, I gave it a 19. Also gave it a 19. I have a final score of 88 out of 100. 90 out of 100. So 89 consensus. Um, so the plot slash story can be a little bit run-of-the-mill in terms of, you know, not their best stuff, so to say. But I really like how they incorporate all these characters and, like, make it feel natural. Like, yeah, yeah like, obviously the fate of the world's at hand, like it is always. But, like... There's more compelling stories, and I feel like more of the compelling Marvel stories are usually based on, like, characters and character growth and everything. And this might not have as much of that, but the way they worked them all together and worked it in a great manner, like, that's what gave it the points for me. Yeah, it's – when you have these individual characters who have had their own movies and, you know, they've all starred as the main character of something – and then bringing them together to try and make it work and tell a story. Like, the story is going to suffer compared to, like, a character study where there's, you know, growth and everything. But when you have this ensemble cast, especially for it being their first time doing something like this, it's it's executed very, very well to where each character gets their moment. Um, but again, it's nothing, like, incredible, crazy. Like, they got a bad guy, they got to stop the bad guy, they team up, they stop the bad guy. Well, it's the model, you know, we could talk about the next film, Infinity War. Like, yeah everyone getting a little bit of screen time and it's just working great. Um, I gave it a little bit higher on visual cinematography than you did. And the reason I gave it a 19 is because I just think of all the different iconic moments in this film that I think of the, the hammer coming down on the shield and the explosion and Fucking the, awesome. the team up scene where it pans around them. You know, you have that final big reveal. You have Hulk fucking punching the Shatari um, spaceship and like, yeah, I keep hitting that. Yeah, they've had better <laughs> soundtracks, and yeah, they've done more beautiful things. You know, think of the Guardians movies and whatnot, Black Panther. 
Uh, not Black Panther. No, that just ignore. <laughs> I said that. Um, I still. I don't know. I, I. I think the iconicness of it gave it a 19 for me. Yeah, 17 still very good. Um, yeah. The chills you get of that team up scene where it's them standing in a circle and the camera pans around them and the Avenger theme's playing. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. That's it's really fucking the cool. The most chill-inducing moment until Avengers Endgame, which we still have not reviewed on the podcast and won't review because it mm-hmm. didn't make March Movie Madness. Be in a better year. <laughs> um, which key, key, did, um, oh, did go you ahead. think 2019 was going to win before we started? Yeah, it got, it got snubbed. Yeah. Um, yeah, Key Elements is a 20 for all the reasons we've said. Like, come fucking on. Avengers. Yeah, when you compare it to the new Avengers movies, it's not as big. But, like, I'm not going to hold that against it. I'm not going to be stingy with my 20s. <laughs> Characters, I gave lower than you. I gave a 15. And I, I think our interpretation of the character category always shows up in these kind of movies. Because you, you give it higher to characters you like and everything. And it's like... There always is that little bit of an 18 to 20 or 19 and 20. I, th- I would say 19 and 20, really. It's the Academy Award gap that I have. It's like I I, I, I cap this ca- this category at 18, really. So 15 out of 18, I guess. But maybe I shouldn't look at it that way. I don't know. Yeah, I, again, I no judgment here. It's, it's an ensemble cast. You get Captain America being Captain America. You get Tony Stark. You get Loki, which is like the second biggest villain in Marvel outside of like Thanos. Mm-hmm. I mean, arguably bigger. He's got his own fucking show. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of iconic characters and everything that comes with this. The chemistry works well from everyone. Um, it's another really good look at these characters who have gone on for the next decade after this to be fantastic and successful. And mm-hmm. look, it, it's a team up like this. Everyone's good in it. I appreciate everyone. Thor's good. There's no professor Hulk. There's no professor Hulk. We have actual Hulk, <laughs> which is fantastic. Um, and then I gave uh enjoyment. We're hitting five minutes. I gave enjoyment 19. And I think I, I 20 is one of my all time favorites and Avengers is probably, you know, outer top 10. I don't know. I'd have to put it together like my top movies of all time, but yeah. I'm I, 19 as well. It's right there, and it's just the reason it's not is because the movies that have come after it, you know, yeah, including Avengers: Infinity War, which we don't have our our category by category grades here. Time, I'm just gonna start the timer now. We don't have the category by category grades because we reviewed this as March Movie Madness before, right? It was not last year, year before. Yeah. It won like our superhero category. I think it won. It was. Yeah. And then it was the best movie of all time, according to us. Yeah. It's one um, of one right now. I mean, there's no 96. Yeah. You gave it a 97. I gave it a 95. And just what works great about Infinity War is we mentioned every character has a moment. It's it's a two hour, 45 minute movie, three hour movie. I know Endgame is a little bit longer. I think it's 240. There's no wasted time in this film. Like uh, there's I like I don't even know how to put it into words, but like it's like scene by scene. I can understand why some people maybe should would criticize it for that reason, but it's like every character has a moment and it's like moment after moment after moment. There's no downtime. And then just the compelling nature of Thanos, you know, I I think the best villain in Marvel history and just really well executed. And the way that he was lingering over this entire franchise for 10 years, more than 10 years. Oh no, 10 years because 2008. Yeah. And then to finally execute it and execute it in the way they did. And, make a guy who wants to kill half of the universe, but like you kind of feel for him. You know what I mean? hundred percent. Like, I'm so glad they went this route more so than the actual comic route where he just wanted to impress lady death or whatever it was like. He just wanted to flex pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> this was so compelling. We're still seeing the, the impacts of it later in the MCU, the internals like Thanos, you know, we're assuming was a D de- not a deviant, deviant. but a, yeah, deviant. Oh, deviant. And, yeah. but he was maybe stopping the, the, the guys from emerging from the planets. I don't know. Yeah, no, I it's it's 
100% has the most impact on the MCU. Like, every show, everything, you look at Black Widow, or, um, yeah, it was Black Widow, and fuck, no, what, what was it? What are, you, what are you thinking of, Ty? Hawkeye. It was Hawkeye where you get the sister being snapped and then coming back, like the yeah. scene with her. You get the scene uh, in WandaVision of Monica Rambeau being snapped and everything and how that plays into it. Like, there's the so blip. much. Yeah, the blip. And there's so much that it does, but the pacing on this movie is so good. And you yep. think it's hard to balance all these characters in the first Avengers where you have, you know, four guys who had their own movies. And then you look at that entire franchise, plus the Guardians, plus, you know, Black Panther, plus Spider-Man, plus all the Doctor Strange. And, like, all of this mm-hmm. stuff, and it's just balanced so well. Mm-hmm. And everybody has a moment except for Hawkeye, who's not in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, everybody has a moment, and everything works so good, and Thanos is such a well-written Ant-Man character. Ant-Man also not in the movie. Who? Ant-Man. That's right. Yeah. The two biggest heroes of, of Endgame. Ant-Man figured out the time travel, did he not? He did. And Clint Barton did something with the time travel that was important. He sacrificed... Black Widow. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. (laughs) It's just, it's so good. And the way that it ends where it's not the typical superheroes save the day and win. Yes, that was my next one. It's fantastic. It's so good. Yeah, what makes it better than Endgame is, look, I like the superhero endings. Like, it's in every movie. I love superhero movies, so, like, it's going to happen. But there's a reason I like No Way Home is because, like, we didn't get that happy ending. I like when it's not, like... The happy everything is saved ending. Some those aren't. I'm not saying every movie has to be bleak because then it would just get old. But like, that was nice. You know, Endgame had the nice ending. It had to have. Well, I mean, Tony died, so I guess there was some sadness to it. Yeah. And others. Um. But Infinity War, just that feeling, just that <laughs> feeling of the bad guy won, and like Riley being, I think, legitimately crying when Tom Holland faded away. And yeah. Like, me and you kind of said the whole time, like, look. We know they're not dead. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. But, like, a lot of people thought they were dead. Well, not only that, that feeling like that pit of your stomach in the theater with the dead silence and, like, just which one's going to fucking go next. Like, that scene is incredible. That's such a theater moment. And what was – I'm trying to think. What's the the closing scene of Infinity War? It's Captain America falling to his knees. Okay. And then Thanos is at the farm just walking the farm, through. The yeah. farm, yep. Great. Just great filmmaking. So fucking good. When When – Thor enters Wakanda. Great scene. Fucking electric. Iconic scene. There's Literally. so many iconic scenes. We'll go over our five-minute limit. 96 for Infinity War, making 2012 a hard year to beat thus far with the best score. Best score ever by us. But that moves us on to our fifth movie. To, excuse me, our fourth movie that we're going to talk about, A Star is Born. Oh. Also 2018. I said 2012, but I meant 2018. This is the culture movie for 2018, a movie you've talked very highly of in the past, a movie I've never seen until – Two days ago. Okay. I'm just going to rattle them off. Ty, you go first. So I'm just going to start here. My score is going to be higher than yours, and I already know it, because this movie is a fucking masterclass. (laughs) It's so good. It's so fucking good. And when I originally watched it, we weren't reviewing it, and I just rattled off a score on the pod. I think it's gone up since then upon rewatching. Story, I gave it an 18. 17. Cinematography, I gave an 18. Sorry, I lost my... uh, 19. Key elements, I gave a 20. 15. Characters, I gave a 19. 18. Enjoyment, I gave a 19. 13. <laughs> the biggest my fi- difference. My final score, 94 out of 100. Bam! Up there. Aggressively up there. What's your final score? 82. Is it? 82. That math didn't sound right. It didn't sound like we were 16 points apart. 
is you're 12 points apart. That's why your math. What did I say? Right. <laughs> 16. Okay, that makes more sense. Look, a lot of the categories we're very close on. Plot slash story. It's a. Uh, I don't want to call it a simple story, but it's a story of you know a man kind of. He's got a problem, and he's slowly losing himself. And, you know, you see Lady Gaga's character. I can't remember her name coming into stardom and just the complications of that relationship. You know, you like movies where there's, like, relationship dynamics. That This and Marriage Story, which Marriage Story, I would give a 90. I fucking love that film. <laughs> um, so I think the story is great. I think it's, like, a very um, concentrated story or not concentrated, but it's not this big, grandeur story. But I think the way they did it and how real it feels, it's fantastic. That's why I gave it a seventeen. It's incredible, yeah. The way in the you know the him losing his passion on what he loves to do and battling addiction with that, like the him coming down from that, and then seeing it from the angle of a loved one having to deal with that mm-hmm. and like try and help him through that while it's also aggressively fucking up her life, and she also feels like she's the cause of it, like the cause of the acceleration of it. Yeah. Say. Mm-hmm. it's so fucking good it's so hard hitting and then it's the the roller coaster of emotion and then the ending where he's just like fuck it i'm the problem mm-hmm. I, that's and she sings that song that she started for him incredible or he started for her so good well some other categories i gave visuals a higher score than you because um a i thought it's not an artsy movie but there is a lot of um cinematic i don't want to call them tricks but like this was a well-made movie and it was you know very again it's not a big grand door movie it's a movie about two people and just the way they film it and everything like they do it in a very artsy and great way and yeah. i just think of some of the iconic scenes but mostly the music as well visuals i know you're gonna give it key elements love i yeah you know it got key elements love for me as well but like that goes in the cinematography for me hit song some other great songs which i'd never seen it i thought the whole song was just shallow like i didn't realize no, there were so multiple, many other songs multiple fantastic songs throughout um and that's what carries the key element score of 15 for me as well i think what holds it back and i don't know if it was my mind space at the time it very well could be it look i got the attention span of a gerbil sometimes and i was trying my best to pay attention i was a little bit bored in this film i'll be honest and some of that boredom i think kind of lessened the emotional impact at the end because i didn't cry i didn't come close to crying Not- i I watched this movie for the first time while working construction in a haul truck, and I had to, like, shield my face while other people drove by because I was bawling like a child. I was bawling. It was so sad. Which is weird because I'm usually the uh, I'm usually a big crier, but I don't know. Again, I, I, maybe it's because I was a little bit bored. I, maybe I was watching with Riley. I was trying to be strong for her. I don't know. Um, Coda, I sobbed in front of her, so I don't know. <laughs> um, the saddest I got was when the dog was in front of the – So sad the the garage door and he gets yeah. all sad maybe my love for maurice just is over everything and that's the only thing that makes me sad now is yeah dog just stuff dog movies um so that's the kind of and i think of a movie like marriage story that's what i was comparing it to when i was thinking about it it was like i that movie had me super fucking emotional tie like but i was also that was the day after i got my vaccine and i was pretty much bedridden and like i was very much paying attention to it so and then enjoyment again it's pretty low for me because i respect it and i respect the cinematography and the music and the the art making of it. But like I said, I was just a little bit bored and the emotion didn't hit for me, Ty. And I'm sorry. I know you love this movie and I feel bad about it. Yeah. I, it's fantastic. I, I think the story works. I think the acting performances are really good. Yep. Um, Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga and Sam Elliott all were nominated mm-hmm. for awards mm-hmm. and they're all fantastic throughout the music hits. The emotion hits 19 out of a hundred or 19 out of 20 for enjoyment for me. It's, it's one of my favorite movies. So you gave it a 94. Yeah. I gave it an 82. Yeah. For a consensus of 88. 88 out of 100. Okay. 2012 or 2018. 
coming in strong. Real strong. Green Book is going to be the decider. I don't know. We'll see. Next up, The Hunger Games. Oh, you almost lost it, but you saved it. You kept it going. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, I read the books. I was a big Hunger Games fan myself. Start the timer. I'm going to give my scores. Story. Plot slash story. Look, this is, might seem a little crazy. I gave it an 18. <laughs> it was 17. It's not that crazy. Okay. <laughs> uh, visual cinematography, I gave it a 17. 17. Okay. Um, key elements, I gave a 18. 18. Characters, I gave a 15. 16. And enjoyment, I gave a 17. 17. Real close Did you on this. Higher one. than me? I gave it an eighty-five. I also gave it an eighty-five. Oh, okay. So we're tied with the exact same opinion upon Hunger Games. Okay, so where do I want to start here? I guess I'll start with key elements. Why I gave it an eighteen? I'm going a little bit out of order. I gave it an eighteen out of twenty because, as someone who's read the books, as a very um, educated person <laughs> myself, they knocked. Were the this books better? Yeah, probably. Ah. Um, but they knocked this out of the park, Ty. Like. I haven't read many books, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. But of the books I have read and seen the movies, the subsequent movies, this is by far the best. And I think the consensus agrees. Maybe Harry Potter, some people would say. But, like, Hunger – like, they knocked it out of the park, man. And, you know, I go over to characters, which I gave a 15. Maybe could have given a 16. Like, the way that, like, um, Jennifer Lawrence embodies Katniss and the whole way they set everything up and – just it's it was very close to how I personally imagined it, and like they they established this world and everything, and you know I'm sure there was some stuff that I they skipped out on whatever, and I gave it yeah. 18 out of 20 for that reason. But man, it, they did a great job. They no, did a great job. It's really really good. And when you have a book franchise like this, like there's a lot of world building you have to do in the first movie, and they do a great job of creating yep. the landscape and you know the the President Snow versus the different districts and everything mm-hmm. that's going on. And then you get into, like, the training, and you see, like, the, the kind of uneasiness of everyone and how it's they're all kind of like, hey, this is fucking stupid, but it's me or you. Mm-hmm. And then you go throughout, and there's just emotion with, was it Rue? Mm-hmm. Rue and all the action and everything mm-hmm. and PETA and every It works so well. Yeah, and the other ones are – number two is really good as well. Number two is my favorite. Um, I, I would I, It would be agree. higher than this, yeah. And then number three, they split into two parts, which made sense because the book's a little slow, but the movie's kind of – sacrifice a little bit but the ending um you know she kills snow she shoots him with an arrow i believe i don't remember the exact ending i'll be honest but i remember when i read it i was like oh shit um but plot slash story 18 high fucking score highest score i've given thus far and again a little biased being a hunger games fan myself but i just think of like the creativity of the idea and maybe that's a little bit unfair because it's an adaptation off a book more so than like i'm thinking of like a linear plot but like the whole idea of these different districts and going up to these games where the elite and the wealthy and all the, the social status things that it's underlying and saying, and like just this entire world and just the whole idea of it, man. Yeah. It's so unique. Yeah. Like see Suzanne Collins legitimately created. That's who wrote it, right? I have no clue. Um, I'm not the book guy. You are the one who read the books. I think it was Suzanne Collins. Um, hold on. I got to fact check this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was right. There you go. Um, like, it's just unlike anything else, and it created this whole thing. And it's like like Harry Potter, you know, created something else. Even the Wizards kind of existed before that. But it is what it is. It still <laughs> created its own thing. This whole idea, and like I said, it spawned this whole genre of fucking video games, which is dominating yeah. the landscape now. Like, yeah. she definitely didn't expect it to have that impact. And I think kids nowadays, as they would say, don't even realize that Warzone and Fortnite and all these games are playing stems from the fucking Hunger Games. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there was other like battle royale type things that have been released in in media beforehand. This is what brought it into the mainstream a hundred percent and created this popularity and created this interest in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it again, like that was the first thing I said is the world building and what they yeah. did with this and how they created this environment. And then after that, like the characters are all good in it. Mm-hmm. Like um, Jennifer Lawrence, fantastic in the leading role. Josh Hutchinson, pretty good, very good. Probably the last good thing he's done. Um, the the one with Hutcherson. Thor, Thor's brother, Chris Hemsworth. Nope, Liam Hemsworth. Yep. Okay, he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I like I, it's. It's a good movie. It's a great movie to great start to a franchise. Again, I fucking love two though. That's why I two gave it a seventeen so for enjoyment because number two gets that eighteen nineteen kind of range. That ending. The sky falling down? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Fantastic. It was what the fuck when you read it, too. I'm sure. <laughs> um, Hunger Games, 85 exactly gave it the same score. Ty, we are at the official halfway point of March Movie Madness finale. I think we should take a quick break. Let's do it. Okay, Ty, next up, Spider-Man 2, the Godfather 2 of the superhero genre. It's, so it's the Godfather 2 of Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, that too, that too. Um, isn't Godfather 2 well known as, like, the better Godfather, the best Godfather, I, I should say. I think so. Never seen a Godfather. Not and like. Last do you have a Godfather? I do. Oh, Kevin, remember him? Yeah, hasn't been in my life for years. Wild. Um, <laughs> Ty, can you be my Godfather? I got you. Thank you. Um, Spider- if your parents die, I'll take care of you. <laughs> <laughs> Spider Man Two. Let's start the five minute timer. I got it, Ty. You're not prepared. Um, I'll rattle them off first. Spider-Man 2, plot slash story, I gave a 15. 17. Okay. Uh, visuals, uh, 17. 17. Okay. Um, key elements, I gave a 20. 20. Characters, I gave a 16. 17. And enjoyment, I gave uh, 18. Oh, oh, what I do? Oh, I, I, I accidentally messed it up. I messed it up. What did I give it? 19. For a final score for me of 86 out of 100. Even 90. Question real quick. Have you been writing all these down? So we have like the final tally of which year has the best scores. I I haven't put them all together, but I have a list of them in our like main list. Okay, we're gonna have to take another break later. Yeah. Um. So I gave it a final score of what did I say? Eighty six. Eighty six. Yep. You gave it a ninety. So that is an eighty eight consensus. Some thoughts about the movie. So I actually hand up didn't rewatch this for March Movie Madness. And that's because I literally rewatched it like end of February. Yeah, you're good. Like just watched it because I, I don't know. I just wanted to watch it. Um. Yeah, there's, there's, it has the, I don't know, it's my favorite of the trio, the original trio, um, just kind of the whole character-driven story of kind of Toby, I'm just going to call him Toby, um, <laughs> you know, kind of losing his way as Spider-Man, trying to balance his life between Peter Parker and Spider-Man, you know, a theme we've seen a little bit with the other Spider-Man and we see in the comics for sure, um, and kind of, you know, turning away the Spider-Man life. Um, Gave know, it up. And obviously Doc Ock, you know, doing his thing, I think a fantastic villain, Um and it all comes, you know, he has to come back and do his thing. Um, the visuals, it's was the hardest score for me to judge because, again, I said with these older movies, like, I don't want to give it bad points for bad CGI that's comparative to now because there's some bad CGI in this. But I still, like, I, the scene that I, stands out to me is when they're fighting on top of the building. On the side of the building? Yeah. Well, yeah. On top side. It's the top side of it. When, they on, like, when the he has peak? Aunt May, like, in the arm after the bank scene? No, maybe. Yes. No, doesn't he have MJ in his arm? He has no. MJ in his arm. They go to the bank. They try to get a loan or something or something for the yeah, house. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, you're right, you're right. And he takes you're Aunt right. May and... Yeah, that scene. 
Yeah, that's side of building. It's like the upper side. It's it's full on side. Anyways, like some of the the CGI and the falling and everything, it's like doesn't look fantastic. But then I think of the iconic scenes in this movie, and that's what raises it to a seventeen. What's your most iconic scene that you think? It's the train. Be? It's okay. him stopping the train. Stopping the train and then getting carried off. Yeah, like the messiah he is. And then them taking his mask off and saying he's just a kid, despite the fact that he's like twenty eight. <laughs> <laughs> In college, in the movies. Yeah. And then is just aggressively a much old... Like, he's playing younger than he looks. Yeah. He's yeah. just a kid. <laughs> um, so, I think of that scene. I think of... Um, there was another thing, and I lost my train of thought because of you. Oh, I think of the 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 diner scene where he's having dinner with MJ and Doc Ock, or lunch, whatever it is. Yeah. And Doc Ock throws the, the fucking car through the window. It's and you have awesome. Spidey sense and him pretty much tackling her or whatever. And the car kind of coming over the top. That seems fucking badass. No, it's incredible. Maybe some would say the best use of Spidey sense in any Spider-Man movie ever. I really like the Spider-Man No Way Home when Green Goblin, when he's about to be evil. Oh, and yeah. And it's the whole apartment scene and it's all quiet. They change, stuff. like, the camera lens type thing. Yeah. Yeah, it works well. Works real well. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. I... I don't like the whole I lost my ability to, like, shoot webs and shit, existential crisis that they joke about in No Way Home. Yeah. I don't love that plot point, but I do like the fact that it's Doc Ock is this person that he looks up to so much Mm -hmm. and, like, idolizes and then he loses it and he becomes, like, his enemy Mm -hmm. throughout despite the fact that he has so much respect for him and everything. Um, I think the story works well with him, like you said, like an identity crisis type thing and figuring out if he wants to be Spider-Man, what he wants to do with it. But all the action in this, like the CGI doesn't look good. I'm sure it looked great for oh, 2000, yeah. what, six? Probably? Four. 2004. 2004? Literally, we're figuring out the greatest year of all time. <laughs> oh, fuck, that's right. <laughs> um, it looks great. All the action sequences are fantastic. And for characters, um, Doc Ock is incredible villain. Yes. It works very, very well to go along with a, a very well-played Spider-Man. I almost gave this a lower score. I, I really love Doc Ock. I love uh, Franco. I always get confused which one's which. I'm just going to call him Franco. James. I really like his character. I think Kirsten Dunst is great as MJ. Um, I, I like the character development of Toby. I'm still not sure if Toby's a good actor. He's like <laughs> he's not a great actor, but he's a good Spider-Man. Okay. So I'll allow it. Okay, that's fair. Because, there, I mean, there's a reason he hasn't done much else. And, like, that was one of my things in No Way Home that we talked about. Like, yeah. Toby was there for the money, let's be honest. Well, I, I think he was trying. <laughs> I do think he was trying to give a good performance. And I appreciated that he was there, and it was fun to watch him be back. <laughs> oh, we're hitting five minutes right now. And then Key Elements is obviously 20 because it's fucking Spider-Man 2. It's one of the best superhero movies made. Absolutely. Got a combined 88 from us, so it's obviously one of the best. Leads us to our final culture movie, perhaps the biggest culturally biggest the culturally biggest movie on this <laughs> you're struggling thing. dog <laughs> um pulp fiction 1994's culture movie a movie i had never seen before a movie you told me you've seen multiple times before didn't know that i thought this was a first time watch for you nah. a movie that a lot of film snobs love you know quentin tarantino is a little mean but yeah it's tarantino's not his first movie reservoir dogs i think is his first movie pulp fiction is one of his well, first I mean, for I, sure i don't fucking know. um let's get into the scale tie you, you start us off. <sighs> For Pulp Fiction. Now, I, I if I get this right, I don't think you liked it as much as me. Okay, yeah, we talked about it a little. I, okay. 18 for story. 13. <laughs> Cinematography, 17. 16. Key elements, 20. Wow, 18. Characters, 19. 17. Enjoyment, 16. 10. Oh! <laughs> What's your final score? 
74. 74. I, it got a 90 from me. Wow. I mean, it's a very iconic movie, and it's iconic for a reason. The it, It's easier to understand upon watching like the second time when you get a better idea of when all the events and everything are happening. Um, Quentin Tarantino is known for his dialogue and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know monologues throughout the movie and everything, and it's just fantastic throughout this entire film. Mm-hmm. Um, the characters, everyone's performance is great. Sam Jackson's fantastic, um, and it's you know his most iconic role, I think. Nick Fury. Yeah, but but pre you know excluding MCU, he just wasn't in this as much as I thought he was going to be. But that's all right. There's a lot of characters, though. You got John Travolta, who gives a great performance. Uma Thurman. Bruce Willis, before watching, I didn't know he was even in this fucking movie. But he has his <laughs> own, like, plot line. Tim yeah. Roth um, does fantastic in, like, his little diner scene and everything. And it just, it works really, really well. Everything works very well to give it a very, like, Quentin Tarantino-esque vibe, which is where, like, my 20 for key elements is. This is a Quentin Tarantino film through and through. Mm-hmm. But that's why I gave it 20. Um, I gave it an 18 <laughs> for many of the same reasons. Um, and it was, you know, it's a crime movie, I guess, to simplify it into one word. And it, it has the goriness and it has everything Tarantino wants. Characters great, 17. Samuel L. Jackson was fantastic. John Travolta, you know, was pretty good. Um, they were all great. Don't get me wrong. Um, I wanted a little bit more Samuel Jackson. Um, probably could have given that maybe an 18 or 19, but it is what it is. And, you know, visual cinematography, this is where I give some of the love for the way he structures the story. And it's not a um linear linear story and kind of the way he makes you think and stuff i credit that for the cinematography because the cinematography aspect of this is fantastic i don't want to hold the visuals back because there's some really bad visuals in this movie most notably when he's driving with the the boxer um bruce willis is driving okay after the fight was supposed to be fixed but then he didn't fix it yeah um just rewatch that go back to that car scene and look at like the surrounding it's so bad, Ty. It's, it's fucking funny. This movie came out No, in I know. I'm not holding it against it. I gave it a 16. Okay. But I'm saying, it, like, that's what I'm saying. I'm not holding that against it. But it was really bad. Like, it was, <laughs> and, like, you could totally tell they were in a fake moving, you know, whatever. <laughs> they were on a set with the screens going by yeah, or whatever. It had an $8 million budget, man. And, like, I'm not holding against it. But I was yeah. like, damn, this is, like, looks low budget. And it was. I still gave it a 13 for plot slash story because, yes, I, I I appreciate the art of the nonlinear story and how he set it up and how he wanted, you know, the Sam the Sam Jackson part where he kind of – his he's the only character whose morale changes or whatever. Yeah. So he wants that to be at the end and how it's all structured in a certain way to have emotional impacts hitting in a certain point how he wants it. All that is great and I respect it, but I had to look all that up. I'm going to be honest. Like <laughs> – I had to do some research on this and look, maybe I'm stupid and I'll just, I'll just say it. But like part of me was like, okay, like if I have to look it up or I have to watch this three times to like maybe fully understand it, I don't know. Just not, not a huge fan. I, I get that. And I don't disagree. And my first watch, it's probably a lot lower than a 90, but again, after watching it the first time and having a better idea and rewatching it, the way it's crafted together and the story and how it plays out and how they have different scenes from different moments that all kind of reveal themselves throughout the movie works so fucking good. It works good. And it's very much what he was trying to do and create this unique story that really, I I mean, I don't know if it'd been done before, but it's fantastic the way it's structured and everything and the way the plot develops. Um, And it just, it works very well. Opinions on the uh, briefcase. Um, that's one of those things where like, they just want you to speculate about it. And Tarantino himself said, 
It's whatever the audience wants it to be. Fuck yeah. What do you want it to be? Mm, I saw one theory that said it was the one guy's soul. Yeah. I just think it's probably like some gold or something. Yeah. They actually, there probably was an interview. Probably just a light bulb. There was an interview, like, um, one of the producers said they were originally going to make it, like, the gems from Reservoir Dogs or whatever, because I guess there's, like, a the diamonds or something. Um, but then they realized that was too predictable, so they didn't do that, and they just didn't reveal Fuck it. yeah. I didn't it's a really... great choice. I like it. Yeah. It, it, was, it was, was what it was. They just I... made a joke about it at this year's Oscars. Yeah, they did. Talk about timing. <laughs> um, wrapping up on five minutes here. I gave it a 10 for enjoyment because, look, it was really slow, and I watched it last night a little later than I probably should have. A little tired. One in the morning. Weren't ready for a slow burn. It's a very slow burn. I mean, 16, it's got one of the lower enjoyment scores that I've given on this bracket for all these good movies. Like, I respect the hell out of it, and I think it works great, but it's not like a, I want to watch Pulp Fiction. I thought of a Rotten Tomatoes, what my Rotten Tomatoes review would say. We're going over five minutes, but I thought of this. Okay. My Rotten Tomatoes review. This is just the little, like, snippet that they show yeah. on the website. It was going to be something like, while not, while perhaps falling short to the hype that is garnered over the years it is impossible to deny tarantino's filmmaking and the excellent performances in this film blah 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 and i'd give it a fresh but oh. i would also say like still a little bit underwhelming gotcha yeah okay so you're just being a hater right off the rip <laughs> <laughs> you always start with the negative and then finish with the positive speaking of negative next up jay going into the best picture category oh that's right yeah switching up no longer culture this one feels like it could have also been culture yeah, for sure. Forrest Gump, mm-hmm. a movie we have we have said many times <laughs> we don't like. I've never yeah. I've never watched it entirely, start to end, before having to watch it for this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you want me to rip? No, it's your turn. To rip off scores. Go first. Plot slash story for Forrest Gump. I gave a fourteen. Fifteen. Um, visuals, cinematography. I gave a twelve. Fourteen. Key elements, I gave a 13. 18 for key elements. Whoa. Characters, I gave an 18. 17. And enjoyment, I gave a 14. 16. Wow, so if we're calling it overrated, you sure did seem to give it a pretty high score. Got an 80. I gave it a 71. Wow. Here's my overall consensus with Forrest Gump. It is a charming movie because of the performance put in by Tom Hanks, which is why I gave it an 18. Tom Hanks is... Hollywood sweetheart, America's sweetheart for a reason. He's a great actor. He's lovable. And I think he's fantastic in the Forrest Gump role. I really do. Yeah. I, I think the Forrest Gump character is iconic for a reason. This movie's iconic for a reason. And it's two words. It's Tom Hanks. Um, that being said, when I think of some of the things that lacks in this movie, key elements, I, I almost, I don't know what the fucking key elements are. And I think that's kind of why I kept it at a low score, which is usually like a higher score, an easier score to get a higher score on. But like I look it up and it's, I think like romance, drama, comedy, whatever is kind of like the tags it's put on. I don't want to judge it solely based on the tags that fucking Google gives it, but it's kind of like, yeah, American comedy, comedy. I always say comedy, comedy, drama, film. (laughs) I didn't think it was that funny. I didn't like, I, for some reason the romance maybe didn't hit as home, you know, as hard for me. And like, there wasn't much drama. Like it's just like a cool story. And I, I don't know if, that key elements is there and i i give it a little bit of love because there's a little bit of that that car that just drove by had underglow um um, i gave it some of that because i feel like some of this story is almost about like american culture and kind of the 
the the progression and kind of Forrest Gump's place in this and like they t- they I reportedly talked about a second one and they were going to like continue with other life events like 9/11 and all this or they didn't do it cuz 9/11 that's what it was but oh. and it's like they're kind of trying to tell American history a little bit through Forrest Gump. Yeah. It's also kind of a little bit like I don't want to go there but it's you know so I gave it some credit for that but at the end of the day like the, <laughs> where were you going? Well it's kind of like I don't know. Um <laughs> you got to say it doesn't have the key elements and the cinematography too like again not holding it back for like bad visuals so to say but like there was nothing in this film that impressed me at all. Yeah, um kind of along the same like nothing really happens. They just it's like multiple events. Like I guess there is a through line with like the romance and the girl and him meeting up but it's just like Hey, this is Forrest in this point in history. This is Forrest in this yeah. point in history. And like, you know, they tell a story and it's mostly just like they base it around this fake kind of it's like a fake uh what do you call it? Like Uncle a, Sam? No. <laughs> like a, when it's a movie about a person, like a like the fucking what's his name movie from Queen. Freddie Mercury? Yeah, what is that kind of movie? It's not like a biography. Biopic, biopic there it is. It was like a fake biopic about this guy who just didn't exist. Well, that's the thing is I think he's supposed to represent a little bit of like that American culture and everything. And that's why I was going to kind of make the joke of I was going to go there. Like, of course, it's just a white dude who is good at everything. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And great at ping pong. Um, yeah. But it, it's it is American culture. I don't know. I just again, I it didn't dislike the movie like it was a fine watch. I watched it. No problem. It went by quickly. Like when I say that as a good thing, you know, like. But I, 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 just, I don't know. It's just a weird fucking movie to me, man. It's very weird, 100%. I think I gave it such a high thing for key elements. I think it's just like the Forrest Gump charm is mm-hmm. kind of the key element of it. It's just this character and like it being an easy, fun to watch and the charm. And I think that's why it's so popular is because it is that. But when you look at everything besides that, like nothing really happens in the story. The romance is just like this woman is not a good person. <laughs> She's like a bad person. Who's better to hit her man, her or Jada Pinkett Smith? Oh, her. <laughs> okay, Jada Pinkett Smith, bad person. So Jada, so your answer is Jada. I said who's worse to their man? No, you said better. Oh well, I meant worse. Oh, Jada. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, Forrest Gump, like in uh, Tom Hanks as Forrest Gump in this role, he's charming and it works, and it's like this, this, not like charming in like a like a Channing Tatum kind of way, but just like lighthearted charming. <laughs> yeah. And it, it works for me. Like, it's this through line throughout his life, and it's it's okay, but it's not this incredible. I don't understand how it won Best Picture. I don't know what it was going up against. That's what I'm looking up right now, Ty. But, like, this does not feel like a Best Picture um, winning movie. Four Weddings and a Funeral. Okay. Quiz Show. It's a lot of suits. Pulp Fiction. And a movie that we almost reviewed for this pod, like, for this, The Shawshank Redemption. That feels like a movie that probably... I haven't seen it, but I feel like if you gave me those, I'd be like, oh, Shawshank won. Yeah. Or I, Pulp Fiction over this 100%. It blows me away that I this beat Forrest those Gump two. I gave Forrest Gump a higher. Forrest Gump made me feel a little happier. Like, <laughs> Okay, but from the artsy Oscar yeah. award-winning yeah. standpoint, it's got to be Pulp Fiction compared yeah, to Yeah, but Pulp Fiction was like a little brass, and I don't know if in the 90s they liked that yet. Oh. Like the guy okay. literally got fucked in the ass. He very much did. <laughs> very much got fucked in the ass. Um, <laughs> we're past five minutes. Um, um, consensus score 75 and a half. Okay. Next up, Ty. So, um, we have to come clean about something. Um, time restrictions happen. There has been a gap since we took our perceived break that we told the audience and I lost internet and I had to watch <laughs> a movie and I had no internet and I had work. So I did not watch million dollar baby. Mm. 
Now, that's okay because time restrictions happened and I had work and I was planning on watching a movie at work, but my boss, like the big, big boss was there, so I couldn't watch a movie at work. So I also couldn't watch a movie. I couldn't watch Green Book. But you did watch Million Dollar Baby and I did watch Green Book. So we're just going to give off individual scores and we so we, we took the, the proverbial torch for the podcast yep. and we're going we're gonna to do individual reviews and we can talk about it. All right, tell tell the audience and me about Million Dollar Baby Time, million, the 2004 Best Picture winner. Million Dollar Baby, 2004 Best Picture winner. Story, I gave it a 17. Cinematography, Ooh, I gave a 17. Oh, pretty good. Key Elements, I gave an 18. Wow. Characters, I gave a 16. Enjoyment, I gave a 16. Giving it a final score of 84 out of 100. That's a pretty good score for Million Dollar Baby Tie. It's not a bad score. Um, Clint Eastwood, oh, I can't remember the actress's name. I think she won an award for this. Could have made that up. Fucking hell. Uh, bup, bup, bup. This is <laughs> great radio. Just Morgan Freeman. Hillary Swank. Um, she stars in this. She's very good. Morgan Freeman, Clint Eastwood. Like, these are the aggressive main three characters. And then you have, like, Anthony Mackie. You have, I don't know his name, but the funny guy from Ant-Man who, like, goes on the rambling stories. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in this as, like, um, Anthony Mackie's, like, wingman. Okay. Uh, Jay, Jay Baruchel, I think okay. that's his name. Yep. He's in this as Danger Barch, which okay. is a skinny little nerd at the thing. Um, look, it's it's a movie. She, you know, she wants to be a boxer. Underdog and, story. Yeah. He, that she, turns into like a, a a commentary on relations with family and everything. Correct? Nailing it. Nailing it for someone who didn't watch it. You explain the plot to me. So, <laughs> um, you know, she's someone who's counted out and Clint Eastwood's this old rigid man who's stuck in his ways and doesn't want to change. And she changes him and makes wow. him a better person throughout. And he allows her to live out her dream of becoming a boxer and snapping her neck. And then tragedy strikes and she snaps her neck and becomes paralyzed and asks him to kill her. What was that spin when you watched it? When the boxing match happens, she gets sucker punched, and then she falls on the stool and breaks her neck. It's it's incredible. Like, is it just, like, out of nowhere? Like No, 100%. Like, she's just boxing. Like, you and think she's it's like, a boxing movie. Yeah, you think it is. And, like, you think this is, like, one of the culminations. Like, she's going to lose and have to go back to, like, fight again or something. The Rocky, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, she's just fighting, and then there's just, like, the girl's set up as a dirty fighter throughout. Like, she's doing dirty shit. But then she just breaks her fucking neck, and then she just blacks out, and you're out of the ring, and you're now in the hospital for the rest of the movie. I wonder – I'm going to do some research right now, but I wonder if that was like in the – if this isn't based off something else, if that was in the pitch meeting. It's like someone was just like, what if we made Rocky? But instead of him losing the first fight and coming back and winning, he breaks his neck. He's just no longer can live his dream. <laughs> and then they built it off of that. Um, I don't – it's based on a short story by FX Tool. Okay. Is that a person? Yeah. That's, FX it's Tool sounds like a computer program who wrote this movie. It's a pen name of boxing trainer Jerry Boyd. Okay. Um, it works really well. Like now, the, the girl just doesn't have a family, and he becomes the family, and then she snaps her neck, and it's tragic. $216 million in the box office. That's pretty good. Um, Clint Eastwood, we made fun of his punching in Cry Macho. Correct. The best part of a horrible movie, Cry Macho. Yeah. I've went back and watched that scene multiple times. That's how it's fucking fantastic. great it is. It's fucking fantastic. But it's so bad. <laughs> how's his punching in this? He trains boxing, so it's not like he's fighting people and actually having a box. He just shows like form and stuff, which you would expect out of an old guy who can't actually fight anymore. And it works well. The fact that our biggest gripe with him was he was a terrible puncher, and then the next movie I watch with him is a boxing movie. <laughs> it's very funny, but it works. It works really, really well. He's he gives a good performance in this. I gave characters a sixteen. Him and Hillary Swank are fantastic. Uh, Morgan Freeman like narrates the entire thing. Of course he does. And it's just a, it's so good. He's got the best voice. <laughs> well, so it won Best Picture. 
Clint Eastwood actually also won Best Director. He was nominated for Best Actor, didn't win. Be- uh, Hillary Swank won Best Actress, and Morgan Freeman won Best Supporting Actor. So this almost clean house. The only big one it didn't win was Best Actor from Clean Clean Eastwood, right? Who still won for Best Director? Yeah, yeah. I it their performance was really really fucking good. Like it's fantastic. It's emotional. I would have liked more out of Clint Eastwood. Makes sense. He didn't win. Morgan Freeman's very good. Um, there's. I don't I I don't know. Like there is character development and it works. But I I still I there could have been more. I I just don't think Clint Eastwood is that good of an actor, but he gives a good performance if that makes sense. Um the winner that year was Jamie Foxx for Ray Charles. Fuck yeah. Um my contribution to this ties, I'm going to read you something. Talk to me. We're going to go a little bit over 5 minutes, but that's okay. Um I'm just going to stop my timer now. This is my review of the movie. Ignorance might begin to explain why anyone would think Clint Eastwood's Million Dollar Baby is a masterpiece. But to be sympathetic, it is a specific culturally bred ignorance resulting from the unfortunate way movies have been divided between art and Hollywood. Eastwood's misleadingly titled drama shares a far from happy theme with Patrice Thoreau's Son Friere, but takes the easy approach. Easy for American moviegoers to convince themselves it's good. How people who are emotionally close stumble... How people who are emotionally close stumble within their relationships while individually struggling to survive and face death is a worthy topic. Getting at these themes through genre shortcuts, Eastwood affects a certain mythos that some critics overrate as the essence of American storytelling. This doesn't mean that Eastwood commands the plagiant emotionality of 1940s City for Conquest, nor that he is a modern classicist. It just proves that he thinks in simplistic terms that actually deny modern political complications. Armin White. Armin White of the New York Press. <laughs> um, this is on RogerDeber.com. So. It's Best Picture winner. Of course he doesn't like it. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, I don't know if he's ever given a Best Picture a fresh. He gave fucking Cry Macho a fresh. And not a Best Picture. Um, <laughs> that's incredible. That's Next year? Okay, I think I figured it out. Idiot. Next year, we're going to find the worst movie of all time. Oh, yeah. That does not sound fun. That <laughs> sounds It sounds fun. <laughs> that sounds quite miserable. It sounds fun. Um next up, best picture winner 2013, 2012. Argo. Mm. Right? Yeah, Argo. Yep, Argo. Starring um and directed by Ben Affleck. Yep. Um I don't know any of the actors names off the top of my head. There's the one. there's the John one Goodman, guy. Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Big yeah. fucking name people. I'm just like not remembering <laughs> their names. Um and a bunch of other people. Um, it is a story of, I said domestic terrorists earlier in the podcast. Incorrect. Um, (laughs) um, what's the word? Hostels? Hostage crisis. Hostage crisis based on a true story in Iran in, what was it? Eighties was when this was based. Yeah. It was, uh, 79. These NBC workers, um, is that what it's called? The embassy? Yep. I think you nailed that. You know, the embassy collapse, whatever. They get stuck in Iran. They hire the CIA guy, Ben Affleck, come in. Get them out, extract them. They come up with this big convoluted plan. There are Canadians film scouting for a location, and Ben Affleck's getting them out. He he's getting them out. He's the extraction man, and he extracts. Let's get into it, Ty. Plot slash story. I gave it a seventeen. Seventeen. Uh, visual cinematography. I gave a sixteen. Seventeen. Uh, key elements. I gave a nineteen. Twenty. Okay. Characters, I gave a 17. 17. And enjoyment, I gave a 16. 16. For a final score for me of 84. 86. 7 for me. So a consensus score of 85 and a half. Look, a little bit of a slow burn, Argo is. I'll be honest. The setup is is slow, yeah. Like, the first half of the movie, like, 
I it was slow and I was planning on being 100% intent, got some work done. It was still on. I was still paying attention, but that final like 45 minutes of this film tie gripping. The the whole the point where, you know, he gets the phone call that the operation is called off from the top. They're not yeah. doing this anymore. And then it's like, well, you know Ben Affleck's not going to just give up. I mean, there's the movie still has 45 minutes left, but it's like, man, all this work for nothing. These guys these fucking embassy workers are just going to fucking die. There's nothing I can do about and it. And he says, fuck it. We're doing it. You know, they go through the airport. It's just the whole scene. And it's something so simple of them going through customs and going through an airport and getting on an airplane. It's fucking riveting. It's incredible. <laughs> it's the most just casual going about your day type thing. And it's just edgier seat thriller to where you're like, what the fuck is going to happen? So the how this movie presented that final, you know, act is how I actually feel when I go through airports oh you feel like you're going to be <laughs> arrested and killed in a foreign country just the stress of going through the airport okay yes. of not, are we going to make it through security are we going to make our flight on time yeah is something going to stop it that's how i feel so i related to this it's just it, okay <laughs> <laughs> no real talk though it's like it's the the final and it's based off a true story and obviously i'm sure they dramatize some yeah, things they, because you, you hollywoodize it it's a fucking movie but i thought everyone was solid in this i thought ben affleck did a great performance. I thought, you know, the supporting cast was good. Um, the key elements of just the drama and, you know, the, the intensity of it was up there. I kept it at a 19 just because the first half a little slow. Visuals, I, I gave it a 15. Nothing super special. Shot on film, I want to say. Okay. Did you notice that, though? Like, the scenes in Iran were, like, more grainy, but then the scenes, like, back home weren't as grainy? I mean, I think everywhere does that for the Middle Eastern. It gets grainy. When they like, that's just if you're shooting yeah. in the Middle East, like there, it's just de facto. We got to make this look grainy. Fair. Um, I didn't hold it against it. I just figured that was intentional. Um, nothing like super special. The the score was good. Like it, it, it helped raise the intensity. Um, that's just not the thing I'm really taking away from it. And it was enjoyable. That last like hour of the movie is enjoyable. Yeah, for sure. Uh, great performances. Ben Affleck directing this incredible job. Yep. This movie and the pacing of it and how it plays out, like I, it is a slow burn to start, and like the setup and getting to that point is slow. But then he's training them, and they go through the crowd, and like the people are fucking yelling at him and shit. And then the day of, they go to fucking, you know, go to it, and they have to drive through that crowd of people, and they're all hitting the bus and everything. And then going through the fucking airport, not sure if they're going to get caught, and then calling the movie studio, and them not being at the movie studio because they were told it's off, even though it, in fact, is no longer off. Like, it just goes and goes and goes in that second half. And it's just, it's a wild story. And yeah. you just don't know what's going to happen. it's a real story. Yeah. And That's the fucking crazy. CIA de- denies their involvement. You know, Canada plays hero. And then eventually, um, I think they say Clinton is the one who declassified it. Tony Mendez got to, you know, get his his moment of shine of being a hero. Um, some things I'm seeing on Wikipedia here, Ty. Um, the screenplay used by the CIA to create their cover story was an adaptation of Robert Zelaney's 1967 novel, Lord of Light. Um, so it was based off something. Okay. Um, uh, producer Barry Geller had spearheaded an earlier attempt to produce the film using the original title. After that production attempt failed, the screenplay was renamed Argo and used by the CIA. According to Tony Mendez, Studio 6, the phony Hollywood production office he helped create at the core of the CIA plan, proved so convincing that even weeks after the rescue was complete and the office had folded, 26 scripts were delivered to its address, including one from Steven Spielberg. No shit. Yeah. That's wild. So um, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, in April 2016, research by Vice 
based on documents received under the Freedom of Information Act, revealed that the CIA was actually involved in the production of the 2012 film Argo, as it was in a number of American entertainment productions. Damn. Such as the well-established case of the 2012 film Zero Dark Thirty. Fuck yeah. How stupid do you feel if you're the guys in Iran and you get played by a fake movie? <laughs> Pretty stupid. That's just the most ridiculous. Like, you expect military dudes to come kicking down your door to save these people. And no, we're just going to pretend to be Canadian filmmakers and outsmart you. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Can you imagine being in that? Like, oh, it's being a hostage? Fucking terrifying. Look, they, I mean, I don't even think they were technically hostages. They were just stuck, like, in hiding. The other people were hostages. Yeah. That's still fucking terrifying. Yeah. Like, I, going through questioning and being yelled at and shit. And then shout out to the guy who didn't want to do the plan and not go through with it. And then he just becomes the hero. Yeah. And, like, says <laughs> all course. the information about of the course. movie. Yeah. That's the Hollywood shit, but I liked it. I was like, oh, this fucking guy. <laughs> that part was dramatized. This sure. fucking guy doing his homework. That guy was not so against it originally. Like, in real life. You know what I mean? Yeah, no like chance. They added that. That or he wasn't actually the hero. And he was against it. Yeah. One of the two wasn't true. There's no way that's actually how it played out, but I liked it in the movie. It works for me. Um, so leads us to our final film, the 2018 Best Picture winner, Green Book. Ty, how do you think of Green Book? I think Green Book is probably a uh, Oscar-worthy movie. I don't know because I didn't watch it. Please tell me what you thought about it, Jay. So I gave it – hold on. Let me pull up something real quick. Just want to get this up here. Um, you can get up Armin White's review because it's there. I just looked it up. It's there. Okay. Um, <laughs> I gave it a 15 for plot slash story, a 14 for visuals, cinematography, a 17 for key elements. Mm, yeah. Oh. A 17 for characters. I was going to change it, but I'm not, I haven't changed anything. And a 14 for enjoyment, giving it a final score of 77. Kind of holding back 2018 a little bit because our early scores dominated. We don't have the final resorts yet. So Green Book, it is the story of – you know, the um, Italian-American bouncer, you know, down on his luck, whatever, becomes the driver of Doc. I don't remember his last name. He called him Doc. He's the uh, popular African-American pianist, travels around the Deep South, does this piano tour. Um, and the reason he does the tour is pretty much he's trying to, like, inadvertently kind of help with race relations and everything. And, like, it's never outright said, but it's kind of hinted by other people in the movie and everything. And, you know, the whole movie is just about uh, Doc kind of dealing with all these different racial, you know, um injustices and segregation everything kind of the um the 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 not acceptance because um the italian american i can't remember his name he had a really long last name he was never like racist himself but he was kind of ignorant to everything and it's just kind of that him kind of becoming you know brothers in arms i guess uh vigo mortensen that's the actor tony lip and don shirley based on a true story um don don shirley was the character's name oh i was gonna say i thought it was mahershala ali um, no, that is the actor. Yeah. Um, so just some takeaways. The acting was really good in this. I thought Vigo Mortensen and Mr. Ollie, I don't want to mispronounce his first name out of respect. Like, I it's thought Mahershala. they were really good. It's Mahershala. Mahershala? Yeah. Mahershala. Mahershala, expect, uh, especially, was really good in this. Like, I thought his performance um, and just, like, the way – because he, he carries himself as, like, a proper gentleman and everything and all the harassment stuff he gets is just a complete – 180 from the, his character and how he handles it and everything. And the moments when he does break down, he does break down those barriers from being like this kind of high class, you know, person and everything and fancy and everything. And like motion was great. Everything was great. And, you know, Tony Lip, uh, Vigo Mortensen did great as well. Sporting characters, you know, there wasn't really much. It was kind of these two and everyone else. And they're just kind of um, bouncing around. right? Yeah. Linda Carolini. Cardellini was um, Tony Lip's wife. She's a familiar face. Um, Scooby-Doo actress. Yeah. The guy from... Um, <laughs> 
Ned's not Ned's classified. Um, <laughs> Zach and Cody was in it. The janitor, Brian Stepanik. Okay. The bald white dude. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was in this. Um, he was a racist southerner. Oh, that um, guy. Okay. <laughs> when I said racist southerner, that's when the, the yeah, no, that's why I was like he could play that. Um. So yeah, I just I think the story, you know, it was based on a true story. Again, I'm sure they dramatized some things. Sure, they added stuff. I thought it was it was kind of a, a heartwarming story of kind of these two coming together. Riley made the point, and I did kind of like agree with her that there's a little bit of almost like white heroism, a little bit like okay, let's, like he's the hero of the. Let's glorify that this white person became more understanding. Um, Got it. Don't always love that in a film, but yeah. I think it still did a good job, and that's why I gave it a 17 a key element. It's kind of representing kind of the injustices and everything, and. Having that emotional impact of, like, even if you're watching this, you know, and you, you kind of feel guilty, like, you're Tony Lip, even though you're not in the film and everything, and everything they had to deal with there. Visual cinematography, I gave a 14. It's really a run-of-the-mill film. Like, the music and the piano playing and stuff is good. Um, Don Shirley, you know, like I said, based on a true story, they play his songs and whatnot, but it's really run-of-the-mill visual-wise. So that's okay. why I gave it a 14. I really like the performance of 17. Enjoyment, like... A little bit slow in the first half again, kind of picks up when they're on the road and really picks up in the last 30 minutes or so. Not so much action or anything, obviously, yeah. but just, you know, drama and easier to watch and everything. 77, like, it, it's a good movie. Like, I respect it. I mean, I gave it higher than Pulp Fiction. Um, <laughs> best picture was a little interesting to me, though, because it, it, it's, it doesn't seem like a best picture winning film. Not that I'm saying it shouldn't have been nominated or shouldn't have won, but yeah. was this the year where they announced it wrong? Uh, no, I think that was Moonlight. That was another Mahershala Ali movie. Okay. Oscar wrong winner announced. I think that was, it wasn't it La La Land and then they're like, no, Moonlight, Moonlight won. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Imagine fucking that up. <laughs> you gotta feel like a fucking idiot. Um, so it was, it was a good film. Like it, it was a good film. I, I don't know if it's necessarily for like everyone, not, not sort of say like, I just think some people might get bored. Um, just too much of a slow burn. Like the 77, it comes from it being slow, not incredible visuals. Yeah, it's just, you know, and it's a heartwarming story and race relations and everything. I just think it's kind of been done better and done a little bit less white savory. <laughs> Got it. That's fair. Um, but, you know, it is it is a, a true story and a great story to tell. So it won over Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. Star is Born. Should have won. <laughs> so good let me tell you though jay uh green book isn't a comedy but it should have been this road movie about the temp Make temperamental sure you don't say anything that's like actually potentially offensive temperamental White. <laughs> tug of war between an italian nightclub bouncer and a black jazz pianist merely repeats neil simon's old, odd couple formula but because it is also a post obama buddy movie the men's <laughs> racial differences loom large. In fact, it haunts their on-the-road adventures in which the white man chauffeurs the black man through the horrors of America's Deep South during the 1960s. Green Book is so heavy with seriousness seriousness, seriousness that any humor about the essential qualities the men share or the compl complement their unlikely... or that that complement their unlikely friendship is <laughs> lost. This misjudgment fails to reserve reverse the fucking hell i don't know that word lacrimous gimmicky of driving miss daisy as if it were gone backwards since the american mainstream hid national tensions behind that film's namby pamby panacea those aren't words those last three aren't words namby pamby <laughs> namby pamby Pana panacea 
Panacea. Um, I'm not so reading this. Is whole this the actual? Review. Oh, okay. So this was just the first paragraph. Yeah, I couldn't find just a synopsis of his review. <laughs> well, scrolling down, I like the the final sentence of paragraph two. In the post Obama era, that old Hollywood bromide brotherhood is virtually non-existent unless you bought the charade that Obama would actually would pay the mortgage for his bestie Joe Biden. Oh, got it. So it's white and a black dude, which means it had to have been about them damn Democratic presidents. <laughs> Fucking love Arvin White, man. Guys, fucking, he's something. Oh, he's a fucking man. idiot, but he's something. So, uh, would you give it final score? Oh, I got one more. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, named after the this is one paragraph. Named after the mid twentieth century artifact, the Negro Mortarist Green Booked, which listed restricted hotels for traveling while black. This movie employs that too easy nostalgia for the civil rights era. I promise. A, are you attacking it because I don't know. <laughs> As if society, law, culture, and justice had all stayed the same. Former presidential candidate Herman Cain politely corrected Oprah Winfrey when she recently stoked lynching fears. Quit dreaming of a better yesterday, he said. He said, Green Book is part of the same perverse regression that keeps reviving the sappy to kill a mockingbird as a cultural totem. Parentheses, unless it becomes inconvenient, as when that novel's rape case became a sarcastic internet meme countering the accuser's testimony during the Justice Kavanaugh hearing. <laughs> wow. The better yesterday approaches to race actually. I'm not going to say that word. He used he used well, the R word. Yeah, but I think he's using it in a different way. But <sighs> he still says it. 77. 77. Let's take a small break here. We're going to get our final scores and announce the winner. Okay, Ty. The results are in. Mm. If you've been this keep- is interesting. Yeah. If, you- if you've been keeping track at home, you already know the results. Yeah, you could have penned to paper, wrote it down, tallied it up yourself. I'm a little shocked, but not shocked by the results, Ty. I think there's there's a significant outlier that okay. maybe sways some of these numbers. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's let's rattle them off. Fourth place through first place. Fourth place, Jason. Mm-hmm. The only year before we were born. 1994. The consensus score of 81.2. That's okay. 88.16666667. Said 81.2. That's what I just fucking said. Um yeah, coming in fourth place. Look, um it was really held down by um the seventy five and a half score given to Forrest Gump. Um I feel the worst movie that we reviewed. Responsible for that. I also feel partially responsible because of Pulp Fiction getting a seventy four from me. Hmm. Um if I give Pulp Fiction what you gave Pulp Fiction and I give Forrest Gump what you gave Forrest Gump, this might have been the winning year. It would have been a lot closer. Yeah, it wouldn't have been last. Um I can promise that. I'm just gonna real quick, um I'm not gonna say like what its final score would have been or what years it would have beaten. I just want to see if I do do this little thought exercise here and I okay. do change these scores, it would have still came in third place. Um, <laughs> so it would have beat out the third place year, Ty. A year that when we did the brackets earlier this month, we said might be the winner. Because this year, maybe more so than the other years, and it's also probably because we were six years old, this is when we first started watching movies, was loaded with films. It was. There was a lot. Now, that is weighed down by the fact that we can only choose three from each of these years. Yeah. So, the deep the deep roster of each of these years did not play into these final scores whatsoever. It just got them here. And that year 
Wait a second, Ty. Did you mess this up? No. No, I don't think I did. Never mind. Sorry. In that year, 2004, mm. Shrek 2, 81 and a half. We had Spider-Man 2, 88, and then we had Million Dollar Baby with an 84. Look, what was our culture movie? Culture movie was Shrek. Spider-Man. No, that was box office. Yeah, Spider-Man. 88. If we replaced Spider-Man with Anchorman, which has a 91 and a half, things might have been a little different. But we didn't. I don't think it would have been that different. We picked Spider-Man instead of Anchorman. Anchorman obviously coming out in 2004. Um, yeah, it still would have finished in third place. Yeah. Actually ahead of um, our last place, 1994, if I would have given the same scores as you for two of the movies. Yeah. Um, this is this is a, this is a confirmed ranking. Even, you know, he said, she said, could have done this. No. <laughs> this is where it lands. He said, he said she said, could have done this. Um, yeah, third place, 2004. <sighs> I'm I'm a little upset because I feel like when we went and looked at 2004 and we did the brackets, I was just so enthralled by that year. But it is what it is. Again, it's just so many good movies, but you don't get points. We didn't do 10 reviews. If we do the top 10 movies each year, it probably wins. Yeah, probably. Which leads us to our best movie year of the last four decades, Ty. The final two scores checking in at 86.5 consensus and 87 consensus it was close half a point separation if i if one of us gives two more points for a category things might be different coming in second place 2012 meaning the best movie year of the last four decades 2018 and my number one takeaway is we literally went in order of years are we just yeah Movies are getting better. <laughs> Movies are getting better, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Even though that's like against everything that everyone says. And no, everyone's cinema. wrong. Everyone's wrong. Because let me tell you, 2018 was very much ca- carried by Avengers Infinity War. Yep, yep. It's the highest score outside of that is an 89, and then we just jumped to 96. Yeah. And that's fine, because it's, it's a perfect film. I mean, even if it gets a flat 90... Um, it's coming in second place, so it still would have came in second place. But yeah, Avengers: Infinity War definitely, you know, helped. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's a best movie, and we're comic book slops. It is what it is. Now that's for us. I want to. I, I looked up the best movie years of all time. This is like an article. I don't want an article. I just want a ranking. I want to see where we stand compared to Stacker, which is okay. Like the other site we used, I guess. Oh, they ranked every movie year ever, ever. When did movies start? Um, Just tell me what the number is. 89. I don't know when this article was posted, though. Uh, okay. I want to guess like the like the Recently. 30s. Number one on their list. Not even one of our final four. 2007. Oh. Where'd 2007 die in the bracket? 2007. Let's see. 2016 to 2013. 2007 was a first round elimination. <laughs> number two. <laughs> 2014 okay this can't be true it brought up need for speed being the number one film from 2014 2014 second round elimination number three greatest movie of all time according to this article is 2018 we got it close yeah we're pretty good (laughs) we're pretty good it's top three it's a great year for movies yeah look it, it had infinity war and we showed it some love yeah. A Star is Born also got a great score. I think it had like the third best score out of all the movies we reviewed. Number 12, 2012. Okay. Uh, out of the top 10 there. Next up, we have. Um, I'm trying to find. 
let's see where 2004 and 1994 ranked. 2004 ranked 24th. Mm, that's that's too low, I think. With a picture of Dodgeball. Great film. Fucking great film. <laughs> Such a good movie. <laughs> and 1994, they ranked, um, let's see here. <laughs> 76th. What? I think that's wrong, but. I, objectively, Stacker. that's wrong. Forrest Gump, Lion King, and Pulp Fiction? Okay, let's go to the top10s.com. The 10 best years for movies all time, according to the top10s.com. Number gotcha. one, 1994. It made our bracket. It was fourth, but it made it. Um, They had 2019 as number five. Okay. We didn't have that. No, we didn't. 2012, number seven. Okay, see? 2018, number nine. That's all in the top 10 Three of his of top 10 four. list. Made his top 10. Oh, four didn't make the cut? No. But other movies in our range that we didn't include, like I said, 2019 came in up there. 2014 was number eight ahead of 2018, which beat it. It is what it is. 2019 was in there, and that was it. And 1999 was also in there. Okay. Fight Club, The Matrix. It's a good Mile. year. I think 1999 made it pretty far in our bracket, did it not? Uh, 1999. It had to have lost to 94. Was... Oh, it's in this bracket. 99 lost to, it was a first round boot to 04. Okay, so yeah. I stand by it. First round boot, but it lost to the champion. Of that bracket. Of that bracket. Number three movie year of all time. Ty, it's been a fun, incredible journey. The third <sighs> annual March Movie Madness. We already have next year's idea that we'll probably forget. Mm. I hope we forget it because I don't want to do we're it. We're going to figure out the worst movie of all time. I, I already know the answer. It's Artemis Fowl. <laughs> How are we going to do this, though? Like, because we're not going to watch all 64 movies, so we're going to have to, like, I don't know. We're going to have to figure something out. The worst. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, I don't know. Well, good thing we got a full year, am I right? To watch them? Okay, we'll set up a bracket now. Oh, no. <laughs> watch one a week. 64 bad movies. That's yeah. That's more than one a week. I'm going to have to do double duty some weeks. Maybe we'll pick, like, the worst of our favorite movies. I don't know. Though. That's a little cheating. Yeah, those aren't actual bad movies. Thor The Dark World would probably just win. Or Ant-Man 2. <laughs> we'll figure something out. It was fun, Ty. Um, you know what? I, I wasn't planning to do this. Okay. Um, since so, 2018 is the greatest movie of all time. Movie year of all time. Movie year of all time. Random Rotten Tomatoes movie score. What's from the year 2018 from the year 2018 i'm just trying to find a random fucking movie tie i don't want to do the infinity war because you probably check that rotten tomatoes page like 10 times a week. i think that like 88 percent um now i gotta look 2008 would that have been 18. the would that have been the one i fucking got right the best film according to this esquire oh, article five that's so low this is the best film of the year according to this esquire article which might give you a little bit of a hint of the score Best film of the year, according to that article? One article. The film Mandy. You familiar? No. From 2018? Yeah. Came out um, September 14th, 2018. Made $1.2 million in the box office. Starred Nicolas Cage. <gasps> Should we have reviewed this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 74%. 90. Oh, no. It is actually a good movie. I thought yeah. that was just like a random, I fucking love this movie. <laughs> just like a very casual movie, but they love the shit out of it. 90%. It was fun. Next week, we can start our worst movie review, uh, Morbius. <laughs> um, yes. It's, it's, it's getting shit on. 
Yeah, it is. It's getting shit on bad. Yeah. And, and go check out our uh, our Lost City review. We also talked on the Oscars. And um, what else did we talk about? Moon Knight. Which that released Wednesday. This releasing Friday. I'm sure if you listen to this, you probably listen to that. If not, go check it out. Follow us on Twitter. We don't really post on there. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and then add us and say you want us to post more on Twitter. And then maybe <laughs> we will. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend Bob Marley One Love I want my music to unify people and add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life and BMF We're about to take over the whole nation Explore Prime Video's culture rated collection and enjoy old school greats and new school hits Prime Video Find your happy place Restrictions apply See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details